Welcome back to the CTO Studio. I'm your host, Nikolai Walker. Today, Vidya Dinamani and Etienne de Bruin are going to go in-depth and talk about what it's like to be an advisor on a board. So I have a question I want to pose to Vidya, which is, should advisors be paid to be on the board? And if you're invited, is there a way to ask for payment? Yeah, I think that this is your time. I mean, clearly, if it's an advisory board for a friend or a nonprofit, then then no. But if it's a for-profit company, this is your time and your expertise. And so you should be compensated. And I think that there is absolutely no reason not to be. What I usually think about, and I've done this a few times, is give it a three-month run and say, I think this is somewhere I can help and add value. I believe that this is a good fit for the company and you really want to like the team. You want to really believe in the CEO. And in working with them over the course of a few months, you can negotiate the terms. You understand the financials, you understand what the business looks like. And it's usually some small part of equity that's vested. And so you're not going to get, I don't usually ask for money because the companies aren't ever in a position to pay. But if you're going to stay on and you make a commitment to help them and you negotiate how many hours does that look like? What's the what's the what's the work look like? What can they expect from you? Then I think you can come very quickly to terms that you both feel great about because you don't want this to be the last thing on your list because you're it's an unpaid role and you don't want to resent having to spend time on it. And for the company, they want to know that you are as vested in their success as they are. And the best way to do that is a small amount of equity. And then just be really clear. It's kind of how I think about mentors. You know, a long time ago when, you know, you and I had corporate jobs and you'd have all this, even now I think they talk about mentors. And it it seemed to me like everyone wanted one, but they never really knew why and what they were there for. And so it's exactly that kind of relationship. If you're going to advise, you are giving your time, your energy, your expertise, and you want the company to be really clear on what they want from you. And so when you get those both of those expectations set, I think it's a great match. So a good follow-up question is, you've approached me to be on your advisory board. How clear can you be about what, you, what, what are you expecting or hoping to get out of this type of relationship? And then to, to add value to that or sort of a, a, mo- a monetary value, which then gets paid either in terms of compensating for your time or a little bit of equity. So now I have a question about this half a percent, one percent approach. Um, isn't that that I mean, a company would have to have a massive exit for that to be a valuable thing, right? I mean, what, what, help me understand the half a percent, one percent for advisory style compensation. How do you feel about that? So it depends on how much time. If you're giving, usually for an advisory position, I would think about it probably four to six hours a month. It wouldn't be much more than that. It's a couple of meetings. It's some follow up. It's perhaps. Um, going to one meeting a month with the team. And so for that amount of time and something that you care about, I think 
for me, the it's anyways, it's probably more like 0.25 up to 1.25% roughly for advisors. And again, that's vested because they want you to stay. Uh, it feels that, that I think that's a reasonable exchange because of the time. If it's more than that, if you're spending 10, 15 hours a week, then you really should be thinking about, is this a position on the team, not an advisory position? Which kind of leads me to sometimes an advisory position. So many people I know started off advising and then actually said, I love this. I want to be on the team and I'm going to take a different position. I'm going to be on the team full time. And now it's a, it's a different relationship. But it's a great way if you think you like the company, you think you like the team, you can add value is to jump on. And I think there's not enough CTOs, frankly, as advisors. I know you started that conversation. Most of the time it's legal, it's it's business, it's marketing. There's a little bit of product that's starting to come, I see more of, but, but not much technical. Because they've got technical on the team and everyone feels that they must have a CTO, they don't necessarily have someone um, high level, architect level, technical that's advising them. And I think that relationship should, should change a bit. I love that. I, I think that that's why I'm saying, uh, obviously, with seven CTOs, I am in many, many, many conversations around founders wanting me to help them find a CTO. And nine out of 10 times, I just let them know, you know what, um, you're you're very close, but really honor the work you've done up until now. Make sure you add the technical advisor, but definitely make sure you're strong on product if you're a product company. And then when you need to start inspiring teams, building out experts, senior engineers who need that style of leadership, yeah, well then... Bring in Mr. or Mrs. CTO. And so what about boards of directors? Are you, can you help? How is it different and, and how should we look at it differently? It's interesting. From an advisory role, I feel that's a lot more commitment. It's more time. It's, if you, the way I think about it is that I'm actively advising the company. I'm thinking about them and I'm looking for opportunities to connect them, to support them. Sometimes just roll up my sleeves and, and do some of the work uh, because I know that I'm directly adding value at the more of the worker level advising. From a board of directors perspective, you click up to a, a much bigger strategic picture and it's much less about the day-to-day. -day. On the board of directors, it would, it would not be unusual to go an entire quarter and not have connection. You might get updates, you might see emails, you might see posts and things and comment on them, but there's no interaction. It's not a day-to-day -day advisory role. It really is much more of a, are we heading in the right direction? What big pieces should we be thinking about? How do we help structure uh, this company to succeed in the long term. And so there's just a different level of altitude between advisory and board of directors. So the way that, that I started was advisory, advising. 
and it was through startups that I'd met and it was very casual. And I said no to most of them because I was a little nervous about what it would mean and how much time it would take. And so it really had to check the box of, do I want to be associated with this product and this team? And do I believe in it? And so I would say the way that you get involved is go to some startup events, especially if you are working, you're already a a leader in your company and you're looking for something else in order to support other other types of um, technologies and teams and people. That's a way to start. Connect with people first because advising is about the relationship and it's about are they going to listen to you? Because frankly, uh, if you're not being listened to, there's there's no point. A lot of the time we talk about it as coachable. Is this CEO coachable? Which which fundamentally just means, are they actually engaging in a conversation or is it all lip service and then they're going to go off and do something else entirely? And then it's just a waste of time. So don't be in an advisory position, which is what I say the three-month trial is usually about. Don't make a commitment. Just say, I'm going to hang out with your team. Let me come in. Let me see what you do. Um, let me work with you. Let me sit in on a couple of sessions. And then you'll you'll know whether this is something that you can actually add value. If you're excited, if you're looking forward to that meeting, if you are providing guidance and they are excited about taking it and you see traction and they follow up with you, all of these things are pointing to there's value on both sides. Then I think you can sit into it and go, okay, let's have a more formal conversation about I'd like to I'd like to be more involved on a more regular basis. And that's how you'd start the advisory conversation. I generally feel a little dirty when I have to talk about compensation on the advisory side. On the director side, you know, you are really playing a fiduciary responsibility to the organization. So I can understand if the travel costs are covered and there's some shares allocated. Um, but I, 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 as as a true litmus test for me it is uh, do I feel passionate about what this company is doing versus can I stack up my portfolio and be a professional board member totally agree I mean I'm on the board of our local school foundation and I do that because I care deeply about the mission and what what my the, the place my kids go to high school so there's all sorts of ways that you can get involved. Many people, you know, advisors start with a nonprofit even before you go into an advisory. If you're just interested in a board position, nonprofits that you feel passionate about, that you can help and serve, will give you a really good understanding how boards work and whether that's even a good fit. And back to the startups, if you really just want to help a startup, you don't have to be on the advisory board. They, they look for help everywhere they can get it. You can just go help. It doesn't have to be in a formal position. If it's longer term, that's when I think when you say it's a bit dirty, the, co- the conversation, I think it's more of a value conversation, which is I do want to commit to being regular. I think showing up randomly and expecting to be compensated is, is not value on both sides. But if you're there for the long term, you're like, I can commit a year to this. 
you can expect X, Y, and Z from me, then I don't think you should feel dirty. I think you should just feel like it's just it's just value. Yeah, I think it's that commitment that at such and such a date for such and such a period of time, you will be there. And I think that is what is being purchased. And I think that you don't have to change that. And you don't have to think of every relationship as an advisory one. It can just be you're a community builder. You're really good at it. And it's part of your brand. And so the fact that you will help people is just who you are. Thanks again for joining me here in the CTO studio. I want to give a big shout out to Etienne de Bruin and to Vidya Dinamani for really breaking down and helping us understand what it looks like to join an advisory board. I would encourage you, please, to go check out productrebels.com. Please go check out 7CTOs.com. And as always, please subscribe to the podcast and join us for a continued conversation at ctostudio.fm. As always, we'll see you next time.